When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mitchell and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia. 107.5 The Game on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. Welcome in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this Tuesday morning as we roll along. Uh, continuing to look back at this past weekend against Furman and also looking ahead. Of course, George coming up this weekend. And guys, we also learned uh, not long after we went off the air yesterday, two weeks from now, or I guess 11 days from now, Mississippi State coming to town. That is also going to be a night game, 730 on, e- on uh, SEC Network. So two straight uh, night games to uh, open up the home slate for South Carolina. Shane Beamer has hacked the system. I don't know how he's done it. He's figured out the algorithm to getting night games. And I know some people aren't here for it. I'm here for it. I am too. Love it. Well, that's, think- uh, that's a huge game, obviously. Only downside is that's, that's a really good slate of college football. I haven't looked at which games are win, but week four is a really good one. Yeah. Once and you- so you don't get, like last week, you didn't get to watch Texas-Alabama Sure. Like during during the Furman game. Um, that That's the downside of it. For a while, Wes, they did, they did figure it out for sure because for a while, South Carolina couldn't buy a night game several years ago. Mm-hmm. There, there was a lengthy stretch where, like, there was a night game and it was just – Everybody was just in a state of ecstasy because there hadn't been one here in so long. So this is, a, this is for me, a welcome change. Uh, would you believe that Colin has a spreadsheet that says that South Carolina's really good at home in night games under Shane Beamer? I would. I saw, his, uh, I saw his stat about it, and I figured it, it had originated from a spreadsheet. It indeed so. had. So plays in their favor. Tyler, so you got to see Williams Bryce. I did at the night. First time, yes. Not yeah. So first time in general, you got yeah. to see a really good, I thought, environment. Not like the best you'll ever see. Sure. Right. The height of that was actually the 2012 Georgia game. That yeah, was the I, best. I believe that probably environment ever. Uh, just had to throw that in there. But thanks. What What did you What did you think? What was your I, review? Yeah, and well, it rained pretty much all day on Saturday, just about to the point of an hour before kickoff. So I kind of expected, like, all right, you know, I know it was announced as a sellout, but, yeah, maybe, you know, three-quarters full, something like that, because people, you know, can be deterred by the rain and weather and the fact that it's not a marquee matchup against a big-name opponent. But uh, stands pretty much full. I mean, there was a few seats left in the upper deck, but for the most part, pretty full. I thought Cocky's new entrance was really cool and a lot of hype around that. And Nope, be careful. You know, well, I, I guess it's controversial, <laughs> it but is. Um, uh, you know, seeing 2001 and the whole entrance and stuff for the first time was really neat. And obviously, sandstorm in person, you know, feeling the the press box yeah. shake with all that was was really cool. But but good atmosphere, good environment, and um, you know, again for a, a game against Furman, which no disrespect to them, but it's not like playing an SC opponent. I thought the people showed up and were very into it, and 
you know, Lenora Sellers got like a standing ovation when he finally came into the game. So that obviously shows people are, are very well aware and reading what you guys write on GamecockCentral.com and everything the latest with recruiting. So I thought it was a good environment. I'm very interested to see what it's going to be like against Mississippi State in a couple of weeks when you have a, you know, a big game against an SEC opponent coming into town. But overall, I enjoyed it. So fantastic plug, by the way, Tyler. Yeah. Great plug. Just natural. Just right in there. So... Tonka, there, there was some talk yesterday. Kirby Smart. Yes. Tonka Hemingway. <laughs> so, so, so first of all. You got to be kidding me. So, yeah. Now, we know that Kirby will take some things, like claim that somebody in the universe said that Georgia was going to win seven games or something like that. No, right. Absolutely nobody said that. Right. Um, but, he, but he claimed that Tonka said, what was it, A&M. And Kyle Field, Texas A&M, were his two, you know, loudest places. Uh, he said play? A&M in Tennessee. A&M in Tennessee. So, here's my question to y'all first, and we'll dive into this a little bit more. How many, Tyler, how many, I know you've been to Sanford. Have you been other places? Have you been to a bunch of other SEC stadiums? I have not. Williams Bryce was actually only the second okay. one. Wes, you've been to a good many. Do you have, in your mind, like a pecking order? And then, so Kirby is probably listening now to get insight, like a scouting report on the Gamecocks. So he might take what you say and then post also post that in the locker room before the game for added motivation. Do, do, do you have the if Kirby say Sanford clip? I, I do. I just dropped my mouse. had to pick it back up. But Don't let I that can, thing run away from well, me, man. Once I can get it working again, uh, hold on. I mean, th- this whole thing is ridiculous. Oh, you don't like it. No, I mean it's just. Well, it, it's <laughs> it's insane. It's a it's a case of, and you know when people talk about like oh how people overreact to things on social media. If you say uh, I like Coke, you know like I, I yeah. prefer Coca Cola, and somebody's gonna say, well you must hate Pepsi then, right? Right. It's like well no, that's not what I said. It's like but that's what you were implying, right? So I think that's kind of what the case of this is with what. Tonka said, and I'm still trying to get this. Is the question on? Is the question in this clip too? Like even the question was just like it's not and weird. To to be honest, (laughs) Kirby didn't hear what Tonka said at SEC media days. I don't think he was sitting around (laughs) listening to what you know players from the other schools were having to say. So yes, the question was presented as if Tonka was saying that you know that Stanford wasn't a tough environment or something like that. Quiet as a mouse. It was just simply a case of he just did not name them when giving his options. On a smaller scale, it's like, remember years ago when Dabo went on his famous rant? I got it. I got it. Here it is. Here it is. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting it to be that. People want to question whether our fans are elite. We'll find out Saturday, right? Sounds like Tonka called them out. So maybe maybe, uh, we need to use Tonka for motivation and let him be the one that's spurns our group to come out there at 3.30 and uh, be really loud and fired up. So I, I, I certainly hope our fan will, fan base will be there. They've answered the bell every single time. I don't know why they wouldn't now. And there's your bulletin board material for the week. Yes. <laughs> Just playing that video over and over of Tonka at Media Days. How dare video him. Video from GamecockCentral.com. Um, I mean, first of all, my I thought the best atmosphere I've – actually ever been in for an opponent for South Carolina was the Swamp. Okay. Um, what year? Wait, no, 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 no. That's a lie. <laughs> LSU. Yeah. Was the one. Valley. All right. But but the Swamp, I was there. I've been in the Swamp multiple times. I was there 
2006 when uh, Florida blocked mm-hmm. the Ryan Suckup field goal yeah. that would have won it, you know, and then they go on to win the national title. I mean, it was literally <laughs> that entire South Carolina drive that would have been the game-winning drive. It was definitely like you literally could not hear the person beside you. Right. Um, so th- those two are actually probably tied. Yeah, LSU. For me. What year was LSU? I was at LSU, um, 2012. You were there. Yeah. How oh, did yeah. I not see you? I mean, there's a lot of people there, Chris. There's hundred thousand. How many Gamecocks? There. Yeah, <laughs> there's true. A, there are no, a lot of LSU. I was there. I was there. I, that was loud. That was awesome. Night game in Death Valley. Florida, I was there the day game, the 2014 game, the block mm. punt. Um, that one was pretty good. I was at that one too. I mean, it was it was loud, but it wasn't like it wasn't. It wasn't like you tell you go back and tell your friends about it loud. I, I'll tell you one of the best I've seen. 2010 Auburn, Cam Newton was there. Yeah, it wasn't at that game. That one was really loud too. Yeah. That was one of the most impressive. Like, like that's up there in my top. Two or three. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. But you guys managed to go to the away games of teams that eventually either win the national championship or play for the national championship, it seems like. Yeah. 06 Florida. Yeah. 2012 LSU. 2010 Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. A little for sure. Um, I mean, I don't even think Georgia's in the top. I'm just kidding. They are. That's, that's a pretty Take good atmosphere, Kirby. man. Well, it depends on, again, what you, what years did you go? Yeah. I was there for the Melvin Ingram fake punt game. That 13? I had I also had a stretch. I went to the most insane games possible. Yeah. Like, just just complete bonkers, like 2013 Missouri. I know you were that one, Wes. Like, just if there was a bonkers game on the road, I was there. Back to the comments. So, remember Tate Ratledge? Like, he yeah. got himself in trouble. Like, he's a literal Georgia player, and he yeah. was like, I think Nayland Stadium's probably the best place. Yeah, I remember that. It's like, what about your own stadium? Kirby didn't put that up there. I mean, in the locker room, did Kirby even mean what he said? Like, it, it was if he was an actor, I'd be like, that well, was very unbelievable. Yeah, I, it, I, it, just like a robotic response. And that, that's the thing is the question was presented to him as if Tonka said, "No, I'm not afraid of Sanford Stadium," and they got the quietest fan base in all the country. Like Kirby, I guarantee you, did not hear the actual quote of what he said. He was just presented the question, reacted to it that way, and of course, he's going to say what any coach say is, you know, we know our fans show up and they're going to be loud and all this kind of stuff. And sounds like he's he's making a challenge to them. But yeah, I think that was just more. And I I listened to the press conference yesterday. I didn't recognize the person um, asking the question, but yeah, he was just kind of going off the information he was presented. It seemed like. Yeah, I'm just saying we're stretching. We are stretching. If this is. But he did kind of challenge. I think he just used it as a chance to challenge the yeah. fan base yeah. there. Because they, I mean, let's be honest, they're spoiled at this point. You got two straight titles. You got little South Carolina coming in, 26-point underdog. He wants for there to be a <laughs> question. Does the Spike Squad have a message for Tonka painted on their bodies this weekend? I, you would know that better yeah, than that, we would. That's a question your for opinion? you. Uh, there's a chance. Oh my gosh. What would it say? I don't know. Hey, Tonka. Maybe something like that. We're here. But like, this seems like the kind of thing that they might try and take advantage of. Well, maybe, maybe reverse in reverse of it. Maybe Tonka will use this as motivation to have his best game. What do y'all think about that? Possible. Possible. I think it's all a little bit. I think we're going to play the game. Yeah. And the people on the field will determine (laughs) the winner. Yes. I do agree with that. 
You're telling me something that was said back in July doesn't have any bearing of what happens in September. Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling Do- you. I that I don't know. When when uh when I saw this floating around on social media, I was like, Are we really having this conversation? Like what is what do y- is this? Do y'all think Beamer is gonna pull the little old South Carolina card, like you said, Wes? I, I he will probably be asked some version of that today. What is your message to the team? He'll probably be asked, Do you got do you show your guys film from the twenty nineteen game? You know, like you know what I mean? Like people get that all the time. Like, do you show? It's like, no, we're not going to show him that. Like, we're going to just go play the game. Yeah. You know, because what happened then, like, Javon Kinlaw is not on the field. The carry-on joiner was on that The carry-on joiner was on the field. You have a few guys that were on the team that could be like, hey, guys, here's what we did on that day. Here's what some other guys did. Yeah. No. But he'll he'll probably be asked about that. But, you know, I, I tend to think Beamer at times, from what we've heard, will use some kind of motivational tactics that the... I think later last year, there there were internally like some David versus Goliath, Rocky versus what's his face type type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to project that publicly as much, and I don't think he's going to go overboard with it. He's, I don't think he's going to stand up and say in his press conference, "Nobody's picking us." Sure. Type of thing. I, I don't. I don't think he's going to go that direction. Sure. Uh, we'll hear more of what Kirby had to say about South Carolina yesterday when he spoke to the media. Uh, coming up, you're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Mitchell and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. There were tops in the conference last year in the little composite thing we do in terms of looking at all of them and ranking all the special teams units and then taking a composite of that. They were one in the SEC, and it's something they do a really, really good job of. I know he's very hands-on with that. He's passionate about it. It creates an identity for his players, and uh, you can see them. They play that way on special teams. They, they play really hard on special teams units, so it's an important part of the game. And if you look at our at least maybe our second game, I don't know about our first one, but it was impactful for us too. So you're going to have a lot of momentum plays uh, in those units. Welcome back in the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. That was Kirby Smart talking about South Carolina's special teams real quick. Of course, no special teams touchdown this past weekend against Furman. That means $300 roll over to this weekend's contest against Georgia with the Lawyer Lisa Special Teams Touchdown Contest, which you can head over to uh, 1075thegame.com and register for your chance to win, which means if South Carolina does get in the end zone with special teams this weekend, you could win $300 on a gift card that will be announced Monday morning on the early game with Bill and Preston. Again, assuming South Carolina can get in the end zone with special teams this weekend. If not, that money will roll over to Mississippi State the next weekend where $400 will be up for grabs again in the Lower Alicia Special Teams Touchdown Contest live now on 1075thegame.com. Uh, talking about special teams going into this weekend, and I brought this up last hour, and you, you guys mentioned 2019 where South Carolina was able to pull the upset. Three interceptions of Jake Fromm that day, and McQuamu ended up returning one of those for a touchdown. South Carolina is really going to have to take advantage of these non-offensive touchdown-type situations if they want to hang with Georgia on Saturday, and using special teams and some of the tricks and nuances that we know South Carolina is good at could be a big X factor. Yeah, I'll be curious to see you know, what Pete Limbo has to say this week if we hear from him because I, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be too happy, honestly, with special teams play from this past weekend. 
And this is a unit, as much as we talk about the big plays and the splash plays and, and all that, they really pride themselves on executing. And that's where Pete Limbo's attention is. It's attention to detail, putting guys in the right spot. I, I think you saw, obviously we talked about it all offseason, you're going to have a lot of different guys involved with special teams compared to last year. There's a lot of turnover in these different units. I saw quite a bit of turnover from week one to week two this past week as well. So you do have those marquee spots, you know, your kicker, your punter, your snapper, your holder, your kickoff returner. You had all those guys back. But kind of fill in all the other blanks, the guys that, honestly, people don't even really always pay a ton of attention to if you're watching in the stadium. The guys down there covering kicks, covering punts, uh, protecting, all those different things. Lots of turnover there, and I I think – you know, this might have been an eye-opener for them this past week against Furman. I'll be curious to see if they can take a step forward this week because, you know, these games that have been kind of, you would say, in the margins, like win or lose, how many games has South Carolina won because they have just been so much better on special teams than their opponent? Georgia, I suspect, will be pretty good on special teams just because of their level of of depth and talent. That goes a long way as well. But if you're South Carolina, you definitely want to hope you can steal a score here or there and make this a weird one, like Chris said. You want this to be a bonkers <laughs> game if you're going to win it. Well, and there was some conversation after the North Carolina game about Mo Caba playing special teams. and You know, should a starter be playing on special teams? You know, A, yes, because the best special teams units in the country play starters. South Carolina did it last year. You can't. You can't kind of hope to be good and not play really good players on special teams. It doesn't happen by playing, you know, only walk-ons, only backups. You're just you're not going to be very good. You have to be extremely well coached, and you have to play talented players. Obviously, the more depth you have, sometimes you don't have to dip into those starters. The reason that I mentioned the Kaba thing is because Kirby Smart at Georgia has always been someone who has believed in playing starters on special teams. So you will see their best players playing on special teams. To your point, Wes, about them being dangerous, not not just not just solid in all areas, but they had a punt returned for a touchdown last week against Ball State. That was their opening touchdown, Makai Muse, 69-yard punt return to open the scoring in that game. So they'll have a lot of athletes all over the field. They'll be rock solid, I think, in the kicking game, in the coverage game but they also were dangerous in the return game. And so you look at that for South Carolina, they have not looked as dangerous as you would have thought in the kick return game so far. That's been an area, I mean, Pete Limbo mentioned that specifically after UNC. He was happy with everything except for the kick game, you know, the kick return game. I didn't see anything that was super inspiring against Furman even in the kick return game. So that's kind of an area of, look, you want to steal some yardage or break a big return. That's an area you're going to have to improve in. But also, on your coverage units, kick coverage, punt coverage, Xavier Leggett's done a great job in punt coverage. That's going to be a critical part of this, but also making sure that Georgia doesn't break any big plays of their own. Yeah, I thought they had an opportunity to have a nice little punt return that got called back by what I I actually didn't think was a block in the back. Uh, I thought the Carolina got held up, and then the Furman player fell. But... You know, so there, there was an opportunity there, but Beamer even mentioned 
hey, we thought we had a great shot to to block a punt this week. And if you go back and watch, there were several times where they seemed to get the look they wanted, and they kind of tried to overload that uh, the personal protectors for Furman, and they just barely missed blocking a punt. So, uh, you know, but Beamer mentioned that as, hey, we went in thinking we were going to get one. So that that tells you where the standard is. Like a, a lot of special teams, you're probably thinking, oh, man, you know, very close to making a play there, very close to blocking a punt. Maybe we'll get one later this year. For Beamer and them, it's like, no, we expect – Right. to block one of those punts, and we didn't. So the standard for South Carolina special teams is at a different level than it is for, for a lot of teams. Is at a different level than it was for South Carolina prior to Beamer and Pete Limbo arriving. So uh, I think that's something, obviously, is always a part of the conversation going into a game. As long as this group is, is in Columbia, special teams will be right there. It, it is an identity. I, I think that was a... A good way to say it by Kirby Smart, like they've built an identity of being a uh, great special teams unit. And with that being said, and we talked about this going in the North Carolina game, now there's this level of expectation from your opponents that, oh, they're going to be looking to do X, Y, and Z when it comes to special teams because that's what they're known for. And that in turn makes it harder to pull those things off as time goes along. It does. And I, I hope the other end of that, though, is that, you know, if you're South Carolina, you're hoping well, they're now going to spend extra time of practice on special teams. So um, you've got to, you've got to in some ways stay one step ahead. And I think a lot of teams, if you're going to run a fake, everybody kind of has their little base fakes um, where the entire purpose of it is that you catch them off guard. For South Carolina, their fakes almost have to be twofold. It's that there's a fake involved, but there's also some additional element of misdirection you know, having a punter that can throw the ball, having a holder that can throw the ball, um, those things get added into where there's an additional layer of execution that is required to make it hit, I think, because just catching them off guard and getting an easy first down is probably not possible. We, we've seen South Carolina, though, convert on special teams where it's almost like the opponent expected it, Right, and the play call itself <laughs> was so well designed that South Carolina gets the first down anyway. Or the execution. I mean, I, I always go back to the Tonka Hemingway since we're talking about him. Tonka catching that uh that fake against Vandy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Vandy. I don't know if they expected it per se, but they covered it actually very well. And the guy hanging all over Tonka, but Kai Kroger throws a really good ball, and Tonka, who's a great athlete, goes up and catches the football with a defender draped all over them so it's something that teams are definitely more on alert for I, I tend to think guys it it yes it is better it's great if you can go make a big special teams play as in convert a fourth down go score right Th- those are important um, I think in a game like this it's going to be more important to just be very very solid to, to at least play Georgia even on special teams is going to be, to me, even more important. Um, special teams plays can change a game, a big return, a fake, but there are also instances where, look, you got to make sure you take care of business in the other aspects too. I mean, South Carolina had a great special teams conversion against Georgia last year. They mm-hmm. lost the game, and they lost it handily. Florida last year. You know, you, you make a great special teams play there. It's your only score of the game. So 
those things are important. They can be magnified if the game is close. If you end up needing that play, it can be, you know, Kirby talked about momentum plays. Those can be big momentum plays. But I think it's equally as important. Don't give up a big return to Georgia. Don't, you know, make sure that you're solid punting the ball. Make sure you're solid covering kicks so that you're not giving them field position, kind of those hidden yardage plays. Those are going to be critical as well. Right, and we'll continue to break up this mat, break down this matchup with Georgia as the week rolls along. But uh, you guys got the opportunity to speak with Spencer yesterday on uh, Gamecock Central Live. We'll dive into a little bit of what he had to say coming up. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. There are lots of places to buy your next ride, but there is no place like Love Chevy where you never pay more than MSRP ever. Come by and feel the difference of love. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. What you're talking about. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. Yeah, I mean, he he got so much better um, in the offseason. I mean, he had a, a great ending to the year. You know, in the Notre Dame game, he made a lot of plays. Um, so he, he, he built his confidence, you know, later in the year last year. Um, but, you know, this offseason, off I don't think I, I've seen anybody work as hard as him. And, you know, he, he put the time in, he put the work in, and, you know, it's, it, it's coming to fruition right now. He, he's doing his thing. And, you know, I trust him, not just him, but a lot of other guys. Um, but, yeah, man, he's he's been our top playmaker, and, you know, I expect nothing nothing less from him. Welcome back in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris Long with you. That was Spencer Rattler talking with you guys yesterday on GC Live for a couple minutes talking about the relationship he's had with Xavier Leggett and the chemistry those two have shared so far to uh, start this season. And Spencer Rattler yesterday was honored with SEC Offensive Player of the Week after his performance against Furman on Saturday night. And a big part of that was uh, Xavier Leggett once again going over 100 yards. Yeah, we certainly appreciate Spencer hopping on with us. Appreciate Garnet Trust for making that possible. And some good stuff from Spencer Chris, I, I think it's kind of interesting. He has been um, obviously dialed in this year on the field. Off the field, I, I think Spencer has been completely okay with letting his on-the-field play do the talking. You know, we, yeah. we asked him about Georgia and just were, you know, even very, very broadly, you know, and he, while simultaneously giving all the credit to Georgia and saying, look, this is a great team we're playing, um, didn't even really take the bait on talking much at all about what he's seen from them specifically. Just um, ha- has been nothing but a professional, I feel like. And I, I think he uh, he wants to keep all the focus on the field, I think. And so he, he doled out a ton of praise to his teammates during that interview. Um, you know, plenty of, of praise to Dow Loggins as well. Praise the offensive line. And for the most part, though, I felt like kind of took the spotlight much off of himself. Yeah, he's he's just different this year. And I think it's – um he looks uh, – I'm not the first person to say this by any means, but he looks like he did at the end of last season where there's just – you know, it reminds me a lot just 
the entire year has reminded me of either the Tennessee or the Clemson game, right? Like, you remember in the Clemson game, even when he made, he had a couple big mistakes in that game. You know, threw a pick six early, threw a pick down there right on the doorstep of scoring. And it was always just shake it off, go on to the next thing. Always looked confident, almost looked a little bit like, huh, how did that happen? You know, I'm going to go back and just make another big play. And we have always, you know, pitted that against how Clemson's quarterback looked. And it looked a lot more shaky, right? So, and then the Tennessee game, everything just went right, and Spencer was just feeling it, right? Um, This year, there has not been – there's been adversity for Spencer. You think about the first game, the nine sacks, being heated up, being constantly under pressure. But I thought just the way he handled that was outstanding. He didn't make any mistakes in that game that were big. I mean, he he – he took extremely good care of the football. So I think the mentality has looked different than last year. It's looked like it did at in the best moments last season. That's how it looked. At, that's how it has looked this year. And then the biggest difference, we've said this before, just the way he's taking care of the football. After two games last year, there were three interceptions on the ledger for Spencer Rattler this year. Obviously, different year, different season, different competition. This year, there's been two. So he's... He's been a difference maker for them. He kept them in the North Carolina game. He made some huge plays against Furman and and made sure that the reason that they – if they had run into further trouble against Furman, it wasn't going to be because of him turning the football over. And obviously he's made some big plays for him too. So I I think you listen to Dow Loggins talk and Shane Beamer and and Spencer Rattler himself, there's a lot of confidence in number seven right now. Um, They've got some things to figure out around him, but he – I think the evidence is pretty clear that, you know, sometimes you think a guy's going to make a jump from season to season or even based on what you heard in the preseason. What we heard was really, really strong, and I think the evidence points to it absolutely being true, and that jump absolutely uh, is taking place. I think uh, not not to just, like, crown uh, Dow Loggins already, but we we've all at this point seen – this movie where you bring in a new coordinator and all you hear is all the positive stuff in the offseason. No no new coordinator has ever come in and then you hear the guys go into a press conference and say, Man, I don't know this I don't know what coach is doing. Like this this offense looks very complicated. Uh, I don't know if we're ready yet. Um you know now even behind the scenes we were hearing over and over and over Spencer looks like incredible in practice like it's going to a new level but this is probably it's two games I get it I I know we all we all saw the issues in pass protection in week one that's obviously a work in progress but just in terms of your quarterback looking comfortable in a early season situation with a new coach new quarterbacks coach new play caller all the above this is about as smooth of a transition as I have ever seen. And also to back up what our eyes tell us about Spencer Rattler keeping uh, control of the football, according to PFF, no turnover-worthy plays so far this year from Rattler. That is through two games. That's with 83 dropbacks so far. 83 dropbacks, no turnover-worthy plays from Spencer Rattler. Very impressive. I wonder if any other quarterback has that stat. We we. We, we need a Colin Taylor spreadsheet. Yeah, Colin's got, probably a spreadsheet got a spreadsheet on that. that. Um, if he doesn't, he he will. Speaking of Dow Loggins, here's what he had to say to you guys yesterday about the chemistry 
those two have had so far? You know, I think he just, first off, he's a great coach, you know, communicates really well, uh, knows our player strengths. I know I to told you guys that before. And, you know, I like how he, he gets the ball in my hand and, and lets me kind of do my thing. And that, that's awesome. It's fun for me. And, uh, you know, also with, with all our other, we have so many weapons. So, I mean, you know, his job, his job ain't that hard with all these guys we got. But, uh, yeah, he's a great coach, great leader, uh, great man. And, you know, just we, we, we worked it in the spring, we worked it in the summer, and, you know, we found what we're good at. And, you know, we just got to keep building on that. And, you know, through two games, we have not seen the full fleshed out playbook of, of Dow Loggins probably to a full degree yet. And especially that first game against North Carolina, just because you didn't have enough time to let, you know, the plays that you want to develop, develop. But again, so far, so good. And, and despite the circumstances in game number one, like you said, Rattler's able to take care of the ball well and still able to throw for a lot of yards and, uh, you know, develop uh, a good sense with uh, Xavier Leggett and some of the other guys in the receiving core as well. But, um, you know, so far so good. And like I said, he just looks comfortable and looks confident overall in what uh, Dow Loggins has brought in as a new system. I think even the fact that he was uh, just comfortable throwing that little kind of kind of joke at Dow, like, oh, his job's not even that hard, just I think tells you how solid their relationship is. For two guys who haven't, you know, they've been around each other for nine months now, but they haven't been with each other for three years. So... You know, I, I think that speaks to where both those guys are at. Um, a, another stat that just is jumping off the screen to me right now, guys. Adjusted completion percentage for this season for Rattler. Now, we talked about yesterday, PFF does hand out drops like Santa hands out um, presents, I guess. But 90.9% adjusted completion. Not for a game, for the season so far. Yeah, I think he's missed like... I mean, I'm trying. I can think of two. There might be another one or two in there. Throws mm -hmm. that he's just missed. Yeah, you know, just a straight up kind of miss. Little, little off. Yeah, haven't been many. Have not been many at all. And again, 83 dropbacks. That's a lot of opportunities for something to go wrong. And for the most part, he's been making the right decisions and then following that up by being able to put the ball where he wants it. Well, and that was the, that was again. I said this earlier. That was the biggest thing. Like Shane Beamer harped on that all, all off season. You know, it was we've got to be better running the ball. We've got to be better stopping the run, and we've got to be better taking care of the football as a team. Now he didn't put all that on Spencer, but Spencer's the only player that's touching the ball literally every single play. You know, and so he he has done his part in that regard. The team has done a really good job of that so far. Now, will that continue in conference play? Uh, we're gonna see. And this team has done a good job of forcing turnovers. Again, we saw that against North Carolina. Spencer's play, the turnovers they got against North Carolina, that kept them in the game despite everything else. But to your point, Wes, the the partnership, as it's called, that whichever one of those, I, I think, did Dowell term that or did Spencer term that? I think it was Dowell. I think that was a Dowell term. That, I mean, that was a perfect description, you know, in theory. But I think we've seen that, as you said, that has come true. And – Spencer, one of the big reasons he is more comfortable, aside from just being in year two here at South Carolina and recognizing, hey, he needs to take a bigger, even bigger leadership role and bigger step in that regard, has been the way that Dowell has administered the offense. That that has been huge in terms of his development and his improvement. Absolutely. We're going to hear from Coach Beamer coming up a little bit later on today for his weekly press conference, which we'll have for you right here on the game, sponsored by Pete Alewine Pools and Spas. 
We'll preview that a little bit coming up. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Welcome back in Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you wrapping up Tuesday's edition of the show. Again, Coach Beamer coming up today at 1.30 for his usual weekly press conference, which we'll have for you on the halftime show with Terry brought to you by Pete Alewine Pools and Spas. Uh, who does Beamer get asked about first today? Lenora Sellers or the two freshman offensive linemen? Lenora Sellers. Lenora Sellers. Does he get asked to respond to the Tonka Hemingway controversy that has dominated? It's going to get dominated the headlines. Dominated the headlines. It's going to get brought up. Our long national oh, nightmare. Man. Silly. Yeah, he'll get asked. I think y'all think he'll give like a. You think he'll go. Like, lighthearted about it. Yeah. Okay. Do you think he's heard actually what Tonka said? Probably. Or he's been briefed on it. I'm sure he's been. Beamer <laughs> is dialed in yeah, to he, what's going on around his program. So, yes. I would say yes. Or he might just pretend he has no idea what they're talking about and be like, we're moving on from this. That's good. You, you are going to have to respond to that. And unfortunately, you will have to have a quote-unquote good response to see who. Yeah, because you know, now it's going to be defined be, different ways. Be like, here's what Beamer had to say about this whole thing, and it's going to make its round on social media as these things typically tend to do. What if he was like, yeah, Tonka's right. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to say that. About, but I will vote he does not. Material. That would be hilarious. So just, just lean into it. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to do that. More, I, I think he'll do the, you know, we, we know we know Georgia has a great environment. I was an assistant there under Kirby for two years, you know, all those things. Yep, he's going to do that. But maybe a little you know, lighthearted mix more, with that. More coaches should embrace being the heel from time to time, and that would be a perfect opportunity to do that. It beams ain't going heel. I stand by what Tonka said. That would, <laughs> that would be so awesome. Just all in on the... I'm playing heel role. I'm I'm the spoiler. We're you know, we're not backing down. He's not going to do that. Well, Be- Beamer is a heel for Tennessee fans, but okay. I think they don't like anybody. Like That's Beamer true. literally didn't do anything. They were super mad at Beamer after the first year, and they won the game by a lot. What were they mad at him about? Um, because they he kept trying to like score. <laughs> he kept trying to win the game. Like yeah, he, he he was encouraging his team. Oh, he just laid down because you know they played better in the second half. They were very upset by the notion that okay the other coach didn't just tell his team to stay in the locker room. I guess I don't know. I I don't. I don't have to ask them. They hate everybody, but they definitely (laughs) have an extra layer of hate for being. I don't. I don't get it at all. Extreme trigger. Do not get it at all. So that was before (laughs) South Carolina beat the brakes off of them. Last week, it's worse last now. year. You so. would never know, by the way, that that game happened because uh, Robert McVall or whatever <laughs> his name is on Twitter, Tyler. I think you've had some run-ins with him. <laughs> that guy responds to everything. He, oh my goodness, he is. I mean, Tennessee has already won the game this year by four hundred oh, points, yeah. and and which th- hey, that may happen. But last year's game apparently was memory hold. I, I think he's the one that started the rain theory when they lost in Athens last year too. What was that? Uh, oh well, it rained. It rained briefly in that game, and they still lost by two touchdowns. It's like, well, if it didn't rain, Tennessee definitely would have won that game. Sure, oh, buddy. Okay. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. Ball, by the way, Ball Twitter is a weird place. Man. It's a, it's never very, go. It's never a, go in there alone. <laughs> it's very dark and lonely. Yeah. Existence. By the way, speaking of theories, did, did we already mention this? This is off topic. 
Wes, save me, get me back on after this. I think we have officially killed off um, Cade Klubnik if he had started against Carolina last year in the Clemson game. Like that's that's done, right? There's I no remnants so. of this. Yeah, I don't think that's okay. that's been scrubbed from the internet. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't know if if even Clemson people still like were holding on to that idea. Yeah, now that they've gotten a, a fair sample size of him, I don't think I don't okay. think they make that we, same. We argument. forgot about that one too. Yeah, I think their their big take right now is like, all right, who's net? Who's the backup now? Right. After like it every you know every fan has base of your quarterback isn't has performing writing it's, writing apology letters to send out to Corvallis, Oregon. Yes, the uh, the male the male man or woman out there is very busy. Uh, <laughs> what is what is all this Clemson, South Carolina male out here? Come back. Um, Guys, I've been. I want some help from our firehouse subs text line eight zero three four four six one hundred. We won't really be able to uh, give the responses today because we're almost out of time. But I've been workshopping some player comps for the freshmen who we got to see for the first time Ooh. on Saturday, and I'm kind of struggling. I had one that I liked, and then I started kind of uh, self scouting myself on it, and I was like, ah, it doesn't quite work. Um, I think I have one I kind of like. Mario Anderson has a little bit just in stature and the way he runs angry. There's a little bit of Mike Davis in oh, there. Okay. I think when you yeah. rewatch the game or watch Mario next, tell tell me if I'm right or wrong of that. I don't know if he has the Mike Davis patented spin move <laughs> in his repertoire yet. Um, I was trying to so Tyshawn Russell reminds me of somebody, and I can't quite put it together in my head. He he actually run from a running style standpoint. He kind like physically his gait reminds me of Nicky Jones, but Nick is a good like five inches shorter than Tyshawn, so that doesn't quite work. I I can't I'll place have to workshop him. this. I was like. Stature-wise, maybe there's a little Shaq Roland in there. I think Shaq's probably a little bit taller. Shaq's uh, about 6'1". 6'1", 6'2". Does this have to be specific South Carolina comparisons? Can they go elsewhere? They can go elsewhere. I try If there's a clear South Carolina one, I try to go that direction because it okay. just makes it easy. For but sure. if there's a big-name guy everybody else knows from somewhere yeah. else, that works too. Absolutely. That's your homework. Yeah, let us know. Fire all subsects on 80344. 6100 will hit those tomorrow. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show with Terry coming up right here on the game.